You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Believe After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Believe After Show. All right, I guess we get started now. <laughs> Don't right, you dare right. shoot me with your finger guns. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. It is the Believe After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV, Season 1, Episode 7, entitled Bang and Blame, hence the song that we lead in with. We could have danced all night, so we might as well get started on the show. I'm Bobby DeMiro, lead host today, because why not? We switch it up. Joined, of course, by Courtney and Kate. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. How's it going? All right, so... Before we get started, real quick, if you are listening to the podcast or if you are watching us on YouTube because we are an attractive group, let's be honest. And I got a pink tie for the uh, YouTube viewers. I know he it looks really, good. He really, really likes his pink tie. I've talked about it all <laughs> night long. Yes, that's true. Wow, and neither one of them is impressed. That's great. <laughs> so if you guys are on iTunes or YouTube, hit subscribe on your respective outlet, as it were, um, so you can keep up with us every week. I know a lot of folks already are, but if you haven't, Hit subscribe. We'll talk about it more later in the show. Guys, let's get into it today, though, because we have a lot to talk about. Um, something huge happened. Bo got shot. And she... Go ahead. <laughs> oh, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, at least it wasn't a real bullet. Like, in the preview, I was like, oh, my God, she was shot. It just was, I mean, it's still horrible, but it was a tranquilizer. Yep. Still pretty bad. I mean, Still you bad, have... but it's not like she's bleeding out or anything. I mean, have you ever been shot with anything? Did, like, your little brother hit you with a dart when you were, like, seven or something? No. No. Yeah, exactly. Nobody ever gets <laughs> shot with anything. That's my point. Like, it's always the weird guy who has a what weird if, story about getting shot. What if we said yes? I did I live know. in Florida. We just were talking we, about we stuff happens there. We would have stopped the show and we would have demanded a story. Oh, actually. okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't, so no story. <laughs> the only one who does have a story about being shot is Bo. Oh. Um, uh, uh, where do we even start with this? I think so. I don't know where they're going or where they're heading in the beginning. That's a good question. And like, I don't another safe house, and they kind of even hint at that. They're like, well, because Bo's drawing the picture, and he she draws a farm, and then they kind of make a reference to the Mackenzie farm, and you're like, what is that? We can't go there. So I don't know where exactly they're heading, but they're just stopping for like gas and some snacks. And the, uh, what is the assassins? I just call him the assassin. Yeah. I just call him the assassin. Right, but that's so. what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he catches up with them, and you're like, well, where did he come from, and how did he track him down? I don't know, but he's there, and he shoots Bo with this tranquilizer. And it's interesting. The way this show does it a lot, because we've talked about Bo and Tate's relationship, is a little irreverent. It's a little funny. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Because there are a couple things right away at the start of the show. She's drawing, and she says, I'm drawing a children's story. And he says, oh, it makes sense. You're a child. You're a child. And she says, yeah, well, I know my audience, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows her demographic. <laughs> and then they go into the uh, they go into the convenience store, and they hide the, the donuts, donuts from winter. I and, loved it. And it's funny. And you're like, oh, this is cool, but you know something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, something happens immediately. Immediately with the Not shot. Um, my first question is, and we'll talk about Tate later as a father, but 
the impetus for this shooting, mm -hmm. Tate let Bo walk around the car without Tate's escort. Did he make a mistake, or were they just trying to get away quickly? You want me to go? You go. Both. Oh, okay. I mean, it was a mistake, but mistakes are going to happen under those types of pressure situations, and, and I don't think that he can blame himself. I mean... It's one of those things where I don't think anybody would blame him for not walking around with her because they were trying to get away fast. And as we kind of see with Winter, this is sort of this whole thing at this point is the unknown. And and he didn't anticipate and couldn't have perhaps all of the things that have come to pass and we will continue to see. So, no, I, I don't think that it's I don't think that it could have happened differently. I also think it was a mistake. It was a mistake. I don't know why he just didn't open the door and they both went in on the same side. Same you, view, exactly. You, you can't, I mean, you can always say, what if? It's not what happened, so you can't go yeah. back. But I think it does give Tate that extra push because he feels so guilty that he, like, he needs to find the answer. He needs to fix it because he does feel like it's his fault, even though it really isn't. It happened. It was a mistake. And it gives us that extra development with Tate's character that mm -hmm. he is well-meaning he is a good guy he is a father he knows his role now but he still doesn't know how to be a dad he a dad would not. never <laughs> even gosh. even if you're listen even <laughs> if you're not being chased by Zepeda or the state troopers or anybody else yeah. as a dad I don't think you let your 10 year old girl walk around the car maybe I'm overprotective but like you don't want her to get hit you don't want something weird to happen yeah. you want to control her in that way as much as you can and just make sure she's safe right mm -hmm. and I think he does I just I, it was just in the moment yeah. and uh, stuff yeah. was going crazy so, I mean, we, we don't blame him for it, but it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Absolutely. So, all right. So, Bo pretty much immediately goes to sleep. Um, yeah. And we start learning about, to jump ahead a little bit on her coma situation, mm -hmm. we'll talk about Carl and Sarah in a minute, but we start learning about the degrade. The degrade. That's a big deal. Yeah. How would you like, if you had all these amazing powers and you learned, you know, you had this stuff and part of it's a burden, but part of it's kind of cool and creepy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm 10 years old. It's already starting to degrade. This is a problem. Yeah. And well, in the beginning when Nina... Bo's mom went through when she died people you know you think it's from childbirth but I also think it was kind of from the degrade because they keep referencing that's what happened to Nina that's what happened you know we pushed her too far but yet when Winter you know tells Tate about Nina she, he says she died in childbirth but I think there was much more of the degrade that had an effect on that and so because it happened to Nina that's Bo's mom they think it could definitely happen to Bo and because she was shot, it could kind of elevate the degrade. And I think, too, especially with Nina, remember how Skouris used Nina as kind of a example and went to all the military generals and mm -hmm. did all that stuff. And he and they've said this, too. He pushed her very, very hard, so which hard. contributed to it. So knowing Nina's history and knowing Skouris' history with pushing these people, not only are they rightfully afraid of Skouris for a lot of reasons, they're also afraid of Bo using those powers too much, getting pushed too hard, yeah. and, and unknowingly creating her own demise. Exactly. Well, and she doesn't, she doesn't have control over what she's doing, and so all of these situations that she's in, episode after episode, you know, or in you know character life daily yeah. for her, w without even trying to use her powers, everything is sort of heightened. Everything she's using and stimulated. More so than the average person, and especially more than any of the other um, kids at orchestra. Yeah. And then being yeah. shot just heightened that even more. And, and it's also, just for the record, not that it matters, but maybe it does. Bo, of all the orchestra kids that we know, of all the orchestra special powers people we mm -hmm. know, she's the youngest by far. 
It's true. Yeah. We, we haven't seen any other 10-year-olds, I don't no. think. No. I, I think they probably, she's so young because they had her mother. Yeah. And I think that's why maybe she's that they, Well, because they knew, I think, yeah, they that knew she, that she would have or thought you know, that she might. By the time these other kids have powers, they're older. By the time they find these kids and realize. Because they started having yeah. symptoms of powers. Exactly. Would it be a symptom? I feel like that's a negative <laughs> now, episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Manifestations, I guess. Sure. We learned about that, too. Yeah. yeah. Manifestations of what they're capable of. One quick quote that I thought was really brutal in the flashback when Bo is at the farm and she's in the coma and they flash back to a couple years earlier when Channing and Winter were arguing about protecting Bo at that same farm. Mm -hmm. And Winter was like, you know, she's a little kid, she's a little girl. And Channing goes, she's not a little girl. She's a federal asset. That's brutal. That's You're like Channing. <laughs> Way to put it out there, like, so Ooh. harshly. But it's a true statement. I she's mean, very valuable to whoever, and that's why everybody. And that's why it's so her. important yeah. to keep her safe and out of the wrong people's hands. Now, Bo, when she gets to the farm and she's in the coma, and we start to learn about the degrade, she keeps talking about the chimney, and this chimney keeps coming back up. These these uh, smoke, kind of this yeah, remind me of Lost, like the black fog coming out of the mm -hmm. chimney. Yeah, and what is in the chimney? Is it is it scurus? Is it the the chimneyification of scurus? I mean, what is the what is the thing in the chimney? It's a monster. But that's what I'm saying. Is Scorus the monster? No. No way. I think he's just a man. He doesn't have a power. <laughs> I think the whole situation is the monster that everyone keeps coming to get her. And it's just, it's just kind of consumes her kind of thing. Yeah. Even though, I don't know, this, the smoke fog business was a little weird for me. Really? Yeah. I kind of liked it. It made it a little more supernatural. We've seen, yeah, that's true. We've seen her powers in such a... This is weird to say, but in such a sterile way, mm -hmm. she picks up the cop. They're the yeah, taxi she picked cab. Up the, yeah, she makes the cop car go backwards, and it's cool and amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's not like kind of a supernatural, creepy mm -hmm. kind of. A it cool, was very creepy. Yeah, and so now we see this, and it's almost a little bit like a horror movie or something. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, this is definitely different, and certainly shows to us, okay, the chimney's bad. We know very the chimney's bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in the chimney, Tate. Check the chimney. Um, <laughs> I really did so want someone to go and like check the chimney. I was like, maybe I someone's just hiding in there. Why didn't like, come on, Tate? She said, check the chimney. Go freaking look at Be it. Be a good dad and go check the chimney. Sit, sit Stanley the turtle in front of the chimney. Uh, right on watch. It. On for watch. Sure. Oh, for he'd sure. for sure. Do you talk about powers? Stanley probably has powers. <laughs> totally. Um, so okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Bo. She magically. I don't know if we want to jump this far ahead on her, but I do want to keep talking about her. She magically gets out of this coma after the antidote, after all this stuff, after we learn about the degrade, when she learns or acknowledges that Tate is her father. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was magic. Oh, so you're saying it wasn't too much of a mirror? Like you're buying it? It wasn't too miraculous? That that's what changed? No, I think that kind of like what they said. It's a. It, it was a means, what they got from Zoe was exactly. a means of communicating with her in that level of existence, in that coma, and that it's Bo's choice that they need to communicate with her. It's Bo's choice to come back when uh, she chooses. Um, with that, I feel like Bo absolutely already knew, and she needed to, what she needed to know from him that was that he wasn't going anywhere. Because just because it's her dad... Doesn't mean he's not leaving. Yeah. Him saying that is what changed it. To yeah. where, like, I'm, go I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I will not leave you again. And he already left once. I mean, granted, she didn't know she, him at the time. Yeah. 
But and she helped with that leaving. She took the bracelet off his ankle. Oh no, I'm I'm talking about when when she before went she was born. Oh, yeah. So you're, so as far as she's concerned, he already that's left true. once. But that's not his fault. He didn't know. No, it's it's a little bit different. But still, <laughs> if if you're in her head, you say, "Hey, you yeah. haven't been around for the first ten years. How do I know you're going to be here?" And that is a that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And and that goes back to kind of this manifestation is how much of this did Bo control herself and how. How far did she push herself and then say, okay, I'm done. I snapped out of it. You know, I mean, not to make it too casual, but that is a little bit of what it seemed like. Like she made this whole thing up so she could trick him to be I, a great father and never leave her. I don't know if I go that far, <laughs> but I mean, she well, definitely is in control of this. I think also it was sort of her way of, I don't know if saving is the right word, but she, every episode she's like helped someone. And I feel like it was sort of their group to sort of reunify and make sure everybody's on the same page and sort of that there's sort of this like blanket forgiveness for anything and everything that's happened because they haven't always all been on the good side per se. Mm-hmm. It, you know, in fact, most of them weren't for years prior to this. And so, I, and, and I think that it was kind of Bo's way maybe to see things that she didn't see before because, you know, every single one of the flashbacks that we see her watching uh, either doesn't involve her as far as like she's not in the room or it was when she was, you know, being carried in the first night and it doesn't look like she's awake. Yeah. You know, and so it's sort of her getting to see and gather the information of sort of what's lived in this point. place before. It, it reminds me a lot, these flashbacks with her kind of out-of-body experience. It reminds me of like Charles Dickens and the Christmas story where they take, <laughs> yeah. the, and he looks at what life would be like for, it's like that. And she looks at this and she can yell at them, but they can't hear her. They don't acknowledge her. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that was eye-opening and that helped bring her out of this manifestation to see what life was like when she was not doing well, when she was not around for the Mackenzies and mm-hmm. for Tate and Winter and Channing. Yeah, well, and what all of those people have been through uh, for her. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point with Bo. Um, I guess we should probably move on to Tate and the rest. Mm-hmm. Unless I we guess. have more to, unless we have more to say about Bo. There's I mean, always, I can talk about about Bo. There's always a lot to talk about with Bo. Before we move to Tate, guys, we want to shout out on iTunes. Uh, don't forget, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but subscribe to the podcast. We've been getting good reviews so far. I love Very, it. Yeah, on yeah. iTunes and on YouTube. Thanks, so subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the video channel on YouTube, and you guys can keep up with us every single week on Believe. We're here every single week. We're not going anywhere, so hit subscribe. <clears throat> Do you want to tell them about uh, what we're doing tomorrow? What are we doing tomorrow? We are <laughs> filming. I know what we're doing tomorrow. I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, we are filming uh, episodes, after shows of Believe episodes one and two, and then also another special episode of episodes three and four, so that you have those, because we didn't start the show until episode five, so we are going to do those tomorrow. They will be up later in the week, uh, and just kind of same thing. Keep up with us, follow us through all the episodes, and and what we've we've said, and let us know what you think about the the whole storyline Prior to episode five. If you guys want the backstory, what happened was Kate and I were ready to do it on the season premiere, series we premiere. Were. And Courtney really wasn't were. ready. And she said that nobody <laughs> can do Believe until I'm there. And, and she pulled the diva move. And here we are. For, I'm just kidding. It didn't happen like that. <laughs> we just got started late. We came together a little bit late. But you're right. First four episodes are going to go up in a second. So that'll be cool. Or, I guess, in a day. In, in, a, second. in, in a, a second. In a second. <laughs> in one second, they'll go up. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Tate. Tate becoming a father, mm-hmm. Tate with poor decision making, Tate, I guess we can start with Kate, Tate as a, a heck of a good looking guy, huh? I mean, he is. 
We don't need to say my comment for the show. <laughs> but Tate is a very good-looking man. Do you want me to expand ex- on that a little expand? bit? Sure. I mean, I think the viewers get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. well, that's better for you to talk about than for me. <laughs> um, let's talk about Tate's decision making. Okay, first decision he made that was good. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I was going to give him a good shout Wait, out first. Wait, what, oh, what's the good? first decision Fine. he made that was good? They were in the car uh, driving away from Zapata right when Bo was shot. Yeah, and the, first mis- the first decision was letting Bo go around the car. Well, that was a bad decision. <laughs> that no, was okay, a bad decision. That was a bad decision. But the first good one was they're in the car. Zapata shoots out the back window. He's driving around on the mm-hmm. motorcycle. And Tate tells Winter to slam, slam on the brakes. Slam the brakes. And bam, Oh, I it. loved that. I loved looking at that from the rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me awful? No, no. not at all. Okay, He's a good. horrible person. He deserves that. But I think it would have been cool even if it was a good guy. <laughs> Wow. I just thought it was cool. It was just Don't like, ever die. We got around him and, and like you just boom. All right, she's having a little too much fun with the physical violence. But yeah, good I'm, decision, sure. I'm glad I'm sitting on this side of the table. I That's know, all I'm I can a little say. Worried. Um, good, so that, that, was, that was a good decision. But overall, his decision making, not unlike the first six episodes, is a little questionable. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to be a dad. And well, he doesn't think before he acts. He just kind of goes on that emotion, which is natural sometimes. But you kind of have to just pause for a second. And then they don't always have a second because they're always in these high-stress, high, crazy environments. And uh, he uh, he makes some questionable decisions. And listen, it's not only him. It's Winter, too. I'll go back to my point from a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Winter is not putting them in optimal situations. He's flying by the seat of his pants. And I don't mean that in a good way. Well, but the thing is with that, and I will kind of defend both Winter and Tate at mm-hmm. this because it is an overwhelming situation. Tate is, first of all, nobody knows how to be a dad until they're a dad. And even then, they don't know how to be a dad or a mom. But in this case, Tate's a boy, so he's a dad. So, you know, he I don't even think he knew that he was a father. Like, I don't necessarily think he knew that Nina was even pregnant because he didn't, he, did he didn't know that Nina was the mother when he was asking. I mean, he assumed because... He said, you know, Nina was, people were drawn to her, like they're drawn to Bowen, that he could just kind of see similarities. So once he found out he had a daughter, that he probably realized it was Nina who was the mother. Uh, You know, so it's a lot to take in, uh, all of these things. And and same with Winter. I think that his plan went to a certain point, and... It was supposed to work, and and once they got her safely to the farm, you know, with Sarah and Carl, I, I get the impression that none of them actually thought she would ever have to go away. You know, that it would be secure, that they wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to find her, that, that they had taken every precaution possible ahead of time, before they took her, before they got Tate out of jail, to, to make this more of a permanent thing, and then... Yeah. Well, it, I mean, you know, it didn't happen. Remember, the first time four months ago, the farm, the Mackenzies have already lost Bo. So when they see her the second time, I think it's almost a little ridiculous that they say, oh, don't take her away from us again. Yeah. It's like, well, you lost her the first time. I don't know if you could expect her, oh, this time's going to be cool. This time she'll be safe. You know it's going to be a problem. Exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, but to your point about Tate, and you're right about this, the, the pivotal quote in the show, to me, this is probably when Kate was crying. Tears. Tears. <laughs> the, the One of the times. The show, <laughs> And I quote, Tate said it, don't let me lose you just when I found you. Just yeah. like waterworks, <laughs> just coming down. See, <laughs> it was amazing. The other thing I liked, and this is sort of off topic for talking about Tate, but was when Bo and Channing were in the flashback and Bo said, um, sorry's not for tomorrow. 
Yeah, and I that, did write that, that quote down. And that had been her uh, like catchphrase. Her catchphrase Carl said. that that kills me. Like people have like you know dynamite. People have like funny catchphrases. <laughs> Bose's Bose catchphrase is so deep. <laughs> it's so deep. I don't understand it. Like, <laughs> like me as a ten year old would not even know. All right, right, cool. Yeah, well, when I become a 10-year-old girl, maybe I'll get it. But as of right now, I don't understand Bo's category. But no, I mean, you're right. Bo is so – she's on a different level. And not she just really her is. powers. <coughs> excuse me. But mentally, too, psychologically, even if she didn't have those powers, I have a feeling she'd still be a little unique. She, yeah. yeah. She's uh, she's very special. <laughs> well, and actually, on, on the, the decision-making still, I think we actually kind of see a little bit of Tate's maybe – emotional or questionable decision making kind of in Bo also because they are, are living the most dangerous circumstances and she'll still have to stop and like help somebody you know and, and sort of like do the good deed right. and it's like Bo you don't really have the time to you, you can't afford to do all these good deeds that you're doing yet she still does them yeah you know and so maybe that she gets that from Tate right. it's like the one thing she got from Tate the impulsiveness <laughs> the impulsiveness yeah. to know you want to help but you don't know how to help yeah, yeah. And, and that you're going to do is keeping you in danger instead yeah. of getting yes. you out yeah it's you're almost I, I don't know if you'd say you're too altruistic maybe maybe which you can't I mean you can mm-hmm. be yes mm-hmm. um another one of Tate's big decisions that he totally messed up on letting Zepeda Go. I was like yelling at the TV. I was <laughs> like, what are you doing? I didn't see any, like, usually I can see both sides and see, um, you know, maybe I, you knew he was never going to keep the deal. He was just going to get Bo and go and shoot anyone in his way. And I know Tate was, he was trying to just do something to help. He was kind of feeling helpless and he didn't know what else to do. And he felt like he was losing Bo. And this was, like, the one option, I guess. But I was like, what? You're cutting him free? Like, I thought you were going to torture him for something. I know. I thought he was going to hit him. Well, look at Tate's perspective. Because Bo, obviously, is aware of her powers, knows orchestra well enough as a kid, knows Mm -hmm. what's going on. Winter is very deep in, knows everything. He founded it with Sephoris. Yeah, and Channing knows everything. And then the fourth wheel, literally, Mm -hmm. is Tate. All he knows is Bo is his kid. He doesn't know the power of orchestra. He doesn't even know That's all of the Bo's thing. powers. I was like, even if yeah. you go to the orchestra, like, what are you going to do when you get there with her? You know that they're the enemy. They're the one you've been running from this whole time. I know she's sick, and I know they might be able to help her. But once that happens, she's back at orchestra. She's back being taken advantage of and being pushed. And again, the de- degrade, like, that could happen. So I didn't know... I guess he wasn't thinking that far ahead. I, I think it's a well, case. I think it's a case of a father of, of showing on this show what a father will do for a child, mm-hmm. well, and even if it's not logical, it definitely it wasn't logical. because it, it was totally wasn't. We look at it logically and say, "Here's how to help Bo." He looks at it and says, "This is my daughter. I don't know what else to do, and I'm desperate." I had to well, do something. and to defend his decision, not to say that he should have let him go mm-hmm. because they found a way to get orchestra's help without going there and yeah. taking Bo there. But I also think it's one of those things where, in his mind, it's just, my daughter is better alive than dead. And I almost question if that's how Winter... Like, I almost feel like he had this hesitation. Like, Bo dying was actually a better option than going going back back to orchestra and becoming the the federal asset that orchestra sees her as i i think at this point bo has been gone for so long and under the circumstances if bo ever did go back to orchestra like that orchestra would kill her i think so i i i know she has even special powers even for that group but i think her being gone for so long is too much of a liability i think scurus is too mad 
Skurus already wants to kill Winter. I think Bo would be. I, he no, would push her so he, no, he would push her so oh. hard because he thinks that she is like the ultimate. Like he, yes. she yeah. is going to be this amazing weapon with whatever idea he has for the world or the, the government. That this weapon, its bow, is the best chance for this to come about. And so he would push her so hard, like it, it, it would. Have, yeah. That I agree with. I thought you were meaning just like as a punishment for like well, being gone. I, he would just like. I kind of mean. Spot. That's what punishment. you mean. No. Don't forget the first guy that that Skouris sent out to get Bo in the train station. When he failed, what happened to him? He had. He Sean wasn't Bo though. Gone. No, he but, wasn't Bo. But he wasn't Bo. But he That's was the gone. Point. He wasn't Bo. But, but the point was they've been training him forever, and they had sunk a ton of you know money and resources and time into this guy. He got one assignment. He couldn't. But do it, it shows how gone. important Bo is to him. Yeah, because yeah. he was He's Beau. willing to sacrifice all these people just to get her back. Yeah, which interestingly, we haven't seen tons of Scorus in the Mm-mm. first six or seven. We know he exists. We've seen some stuff. No significant character development. We haven't seen a lot of him yet. So yeah. we'll talk about him in predictions. But when's he coming up? I don't know. There was hardly none. There was, it, no, well, there was nothing. Nothing tonight. Was, yeah, yeah. And there that, was nothing. Well, I mean, we're starting to see a little bit more of Zoe, and I think that that will continue. That's but interesting. I don't understand. I mean, they had such that tenuous moment at the end when they're looking for the mole, and he still knows that the mole's out mm-hmm. there. Uh, that where I'm like what's the that progress that kind of on that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll better save that for predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk um, one more person that I want to talk. And the Mackenzies will come up in this conversation. Mm-hmm. The two Carl and Sarah who were there today. But that person is Channing. Channing. We yes. learned a lot about Channing tonight. Yeah, I did not see this coming. I did not. I also never noticed a scar on her arm. I guess she never would have worn short sleeves until tonight when it became part of the story. Because they had to, yeah. Yeah, but so Channing turns out to be really a different person over four months' time. So in one of the flashbacks, that flashbacks or hallucinations that Bo sees, she's, you know, at the farm. Sarah and Carl are just, you know, in the kitchen. She's asleep. And uh, these two people with masks come in, and you know that they're trying to get Bo away from them. And Carl, you know, they hit Sarah down and they shoot Carl. And I don't really remember when the actual scar. He, it happened. was it was before the shooting. Yeah, right. Right before. Like, it, right. You couldn't see it. I missed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, they didn't know um, who it was. And then so Carl, flashback to what's happening right now. Carl goes out to where Zepeda. I just, I, it's assassin. His name's assassin <laughs> to me. Um, and is like, were you that person that night? And he, I think he's going to, like, torture him. He's going to shoot him. He rips open his jacket to see if he has a scar. He doesn't, but he says, I know who it was. Yeah. And he told her it was, told him it was Channing. I, I wonder, I didn't think about this while I watched it, but just in hearing it, I wonder if uh, Carl had to do or give any info up to Zepeda to get that from Channing. Because, like, why would Zepeda just give that away? I mean, like, he his had, one like, ounce of leverage, like... I think that we we didn't see anything. I'll tell you know you, what I mean? I'll tell you why Zepeda gave it away. Because Carl then becomes, in a weird way, Zepeda's mole. And Zepeda says, I'm tied up in the barn, mm-hmm. and it's like six against one right now. But hey, if I tell Carl that it was Channing... You might be on my side. If Not only that, but if he kills Channing, everything falls into oh. disarray. Mm-hmm. It's one less thing I have to deal with, and maybe I get away. And I feel like he's already messed up on taking Bo. Mm-hmm. If he goes back to score us and said, I couldn't get Bo, but Channing's, Channing's dead... dead. Well, you, know. you you don't think it, when you look at Channing, you don't touche. think like she's you know this huge asset, but she was like the head of security. Yeah. So she knows her stuff, and she's very important to both orchestra and their little group. 
So then he goes into the room and confronts uh, Channing, and he basically, she basically says, I'm not that person anymore. And she, he has, like, this huge shotgun just, like, pointed at her, and you're just like, I hope he doesn't do anything stupid. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting because, again, with the emotions, I get that. But Bo knew. Mm-hmm. You know, we we find out that Bo knew. They had their nice little moment. Bo saves her physically and otherwise. Yeah. Uh, which is how she joins the team. And so it's one of those where logically you think, okay, if Bo did this, or if Channing did this, mm-hmm. and now she's with Bo, and Bo's okay with it, then... Then, then Carl should be okay with yeah. it. Because he knows that Bo has that, you know, sixth sense where, like, yeah. she, You know, in, the, in that flashback, Bo's like, you know, it's fine because I know who you're going to become. And that's... Who basic, she is now. That's who she is now. And, and like you said, Bo's okay with it. Carl should realize that... Bo knows. And, and, and if she's and, okay with Bo. And yeah. Carl did realize that. Yeah. He did put the shotgun down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, though. Yeah. I mean, there was, was a, a little tense moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, God. I never well, had a shotgun pointed at me, and, and I hope I, I never do. I, but. <laughs> I almost felt like Sarah was still kind of like, what are you doing? Like, put that back up. You know, like, for yeah. a second, like, she wasn't as quick to kind of accept it realized, yeah. what the reality of Channing's you know, change was. You know, exactly. talking about Sarah and Carl, one thing that I really missed on this episode a lot of the people that Bo helps, the random guest stars for one episode, are truly random people. She runs into that woman with mm-hmm. the child who is sick. She yeah. kind of runs into the blogger who gets the tip. But it's random people who don't have a backstory with Bo. The Mackenzies had a backstory yep. with Bo. And I know we saw the flashback that they were involved before, but I didn't get a ton of why Bo meant so much to them. And I don't know why they were picked. Yeah. Like, who are they? And I have a w- random theory. She looks kind of like Zoe. And I was thinking, like, maybe they're related, Zoe and Sarah. Uh, they look kind of alike, uh-huh. don't they? I, I I didn't even think about it, I But guess. I'm like, why why them? Like, come, how are they chosen? Come to think of it, you look kind of like both of them. I'm the long-lost sister. <laughs> <laughs> so I get Bo next. Kate's the mole. Um, no, I mean, that's that's actually a good point. I, I didn't, maybe, well, I just, I don't know if we're ever going to see the Mackenzies again. I don't know. But, I think so. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. Maybe. I do. I think so. Because she's Zoe's sister, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Your well, own I mean, theory, Kate's, Listen, Bobby. Kate's, Kate's dropping facts, okay? So <laughs> when she does that, that's what it is. Um, Just saying. No predictions yet. We're going to do that in a minute. We got a couple things of news and gossip that I want to share with you guys. After Buzz TV News. All right. The first one, and this is a funny one. Johnny Sequoia is the name of the actress who plays Bo, which, by the way, is the greatest name in history. It's her real name. I know. I love it. Awesome. I believe Sequoia was her middle name, but still, hey, it's still cool. Uh, she plays practical jokes on set. Apparently, a couple months ago when they were filming, or a year ago when they were filming, she put mint toothpaste inside Oreo cookies and tried to hand them out on set, and everybody kind of knew what the deal was. Nobody would eat them, except Jake McLaughlin. She got taped to eat mint toothpaste in an Oreo cookie. Party foul, or are you totally on Johnny Sequoia's side? I love it. Yucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just shows how I feel like their relationship on camera kind of goes off camera, and yeah. they kind of have fun. Exactly. They're they're just they're both little kids. Exactly. This is, just proves my point. I said it before. Every man, no matter the age, is like a ten or twelve year old. And is a mint Oreo going to be that bad? It Whoa. wouldn't be I'll horrible. I'll make up for next week, and you can tell the uh, <laughs> taste mint, test. Mint, mint toothpaste, yes. 
Yes, it will be that bad. Okay. That's you don't okay. know that. You haven't had one yet. Yeah, but I mean, I've had... I'm mi- making them for everyone. Oh, okay. God. All right. Just wait. All right. <laughs> news item number two. Believe. Good news on the show. Ratings are up. Yeah. Up 20% this week, running on a four-week high. They had 4.7 million viewers this week, up from 4.3 million the week before. Nice. To be honest, the show has been declining in viewership week to week a little bit. Not significantly, but enough to cause concern. It's back up this week. Do you think it will continue going up? And, guys, what storylines would continue to make ratings rise? More Tate and Bo? It's all about Tate and Bo. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, viewership is up because he finally knows, and that's what everyone was getting so frustrated over, and now he knows, and we all had a good cry, and (laughs) we can just keep watching. (laughs) And and that's what we were talking about a couple, I guess it was last episode, we were saying that now that Tate and Bo, the father-daughter relationship is being Mm -hmm. hashed out, this is when the show can get really good because the character development. We can learn about what's going on with the two of them. Last news and gossip item, not really news, but it is a recommendation on my part to you guys and to the viewers at home. Channing is played by Jamie Chung, very talented actor. She was in a movie in 2012 called Eden, like Garden of Eden, just Eden. It's about sex trafficking. It is a very dark movie. It is also a very good movie. Go watch it. She plays a very different character than Channing. I won't say what she does. It is fascinating, though. What's it rated? Oh, it's definitely R. <laughs> All right. Well, to our younger viewers, ask well, your mom and dad. Of course, ask mom and dad. But I mean, you don't want to order it. If you're 10 years old, you don't want to order a movie on TV, anyways, unless you're. But you want to watch Believe? Yo, you definitely want to watch Believe. Always. Always. But Believe's, you know, Believe's PG. It's good. But That's seriously, what I'm saying. if you're an adult, if you like Jamie Chung, Eden, I'm telling you, it's a very interesting movie. Um, check it out. Let's get into predictions. The biggest new media platform on the planet. TV News. Now, you're after Buzz TV. Prediction. Can I go first? Yes, of course you can go first. <laughs> I totally. told you guys she was being a diva. I told you. <laughs> I'm going first then. <laughs> so, my first prediction is that Stanley becomes less relevant and less necessary and needed because Ooh, now she has her dad. Good point. That's what wow. I think. I, will, I, I, I hope I'm right. I will make a related prediction. Stanley may be appearing on this show very soon. What? what? Well, if Bo doesn't need him, then, you know. I'm just saying we may have we may have mascot Stanley coming. Ooh. I voted that we called him Studley, but the other diva over there said no. <laughs> you guys heard it here first, mascot Stanley. And, and there's a rule: whoever's holding mascot Stanley can talk. Nobody else. can Oh my talk. god, I don't like that rule. Yeah, that'd be a little off. We can okay. get our own Stanleys. All right, Kate, you got any predictions? Uh, my predictions. Uh, da, 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 da. I think Tate's gonna take a step up in the planning process because we know Winter. I think Winter had oh, no. a plan, and then you know. Stuff happened, and he hasn't been able to catch up on, like, what's next. Let's get Tate in the decision-making process. I can't believe you just said, quote, let's get Tate in the decision-making process. That's right, because it's going to create more situations that are going to be horrible but amazing. (laughs) But along those lines, maybe um, I'll I'll predict another thing, because this is predictions. (laughs) Tate is going to be more fully briefed and kind of, I think... Into the club. Yeah, and so maybe his decision-making will be better when he can actually make educated decisions. He needs to learn more about orchestra, for sure. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So, we'll see. I will make a prediction. You guys are not ready for it. Channing was not a good person. Wait, should I sit down? Yeah, no, please sit down. Yeah, Channing was not a good person. She met Bo. She became a good person. You guys, who has just dealt with Bo, who's new and hasn't previously dealt with Bo? Zapeta. Zapeta. No. I believe that Zapeta is the next to flip. I think Zapeta is going to be part of the good team. At some point, he's going to get with Bo and say, 
I see the error in my ways. I'm on Team Bo, and I'm trying to help you guys because Skouris is a bad dude. She's going to say, hey, Zapeta. Zapeta, however you say it. Zapeta. Zapeta. Sars. Sorry, Sorry, it's not for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm for tomorrow. He's like, oh my god, you're so right. It's, like, thing, it's like an extra power. Just like say that phrase. I'm gonna try it tomorrow on people. Okay, what does it actually mean? Sorry, it's not for like let it go. It's in the past. Okay, all right. Tomorrow okay. will be fine. Yeah, like sorry, forgiven is now, and then we go forward. How did I not know that? Because you're a ten year old boy. That's okay. Well, I, it's uh, pretty <laughs> self explanatory Cool. If we're all there, I am. <laughs> all right, great. Well, I've completely lost both my co-hosts, guys, <laughs> as we leave before I close this show because I'm so pissed at you. Ten-year-old oh. boy. You said it, not I. I know. We were just I know, agreeing. You guys, you guys aren't allowed to throw it back at me. Oh, all right. Just, Come on. The, well, I know for just next time. Just stay over there with your pink tie. Yeah. Wow. All right. I shouldn't even do this, but where can we find you guys on social? <laughs> they're, they're just as mean on Twitter as they are in person. That's you not true. <laughs> I can be found at Cohen, C-O-U-H-E-N, on Instagram and Twitter. You guys can find me on Twitter at KDocWilano. And we're going to start calling you Cohen, by the way. I know, but there's a U in it, so figure that out. Cohen? Something. I don't know. Whatever. We'll figure it out. You can call me Coco. On Twitter. Oh, there we go. That's what my friends call me. Oh, that's cool. My friends, they call me Coco. Yeah. Coco and Studley. On Twitter, I am <laughs> at Bobby DeMiro. As you can see, we are a ton of fun. So follow the three of us on Twitter. Even if you don't give us a follow, tweet us. We want to hear Absolutely. from you guys about the show. Yeah. Um, that's it today, guys. Remember, get on iTunes and YouTube. Hit subscribe. Follow the show. Follow AfterBuzz. Everything else you want is on AfterBuzzTV.com. That's it this week for Believe. We'll see you guys next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 